Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Tarot Lessons Podcast. This is, uh, I'm Dusty White. This is all based off of the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. And now, new episodes include information from Advanced Tarot Secrets. I'm the author of both of those. If you have any questions, email me, me at dustywhite.net. You can read some of them free on Amazon. Um, you can talk to your local bookstore and hopefully they have them. Um, Hex in uh, Boston and New Orleans should have them. And uh, Bookshop Santa Cruz is carrying them. And other than that, uh, just do what we can. Uh, but all the usual places, Barnes & Noble, uh, Borders. Uh, oh, there's no Borders anymore. Amazon, just you know, look online or go to tell your uh, uh, favorite retailer to pick it up. I promise you these uh, these will help. And we're here we are here with some uh, free free lessons today. I've got Debita on. Uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> Debbie, I'm so happy we're back. Uh, oh, by the way, you guys, we're just going to have fun talking today, and you'll learn a lot. But uh, you're going to have to take notes. We're just, we're just going to have you know talk today. So, uh, you've been keeping up on your studies, Debbie? No, I've been a bad girl for a few months, but I I've had to do some important things. So well, you were working on that manifestation. Debbie right. totally manifested uh, a whole bunch of new stuff for her house. It's crazy. And, uh, so obviously that took work to, to bring it to, together. Yes, and and so I, I, I had to get those things done. I Now, uh, some of the stuff I was doing, I could listen. You know, I kept the podcast and, and our classes on my little device my husband got me. And I can sit and listen while I'm out in the garden or when I was working on the floor, you know, that sort of thing. So um, your, your, all your uh, teachings are mobile. Yes. <laughs> you can multitask. And it's a lot, I think that puts a bit of fun into it, too. Well, it's nice to be able to learn a tarot when you don't have to give it your full attention. You don't have to sit there and got my tarot cards and practicing them. you know you can even be doing other things and still be absorbing it this kind of hits your brain in a different way it, it kind of slides into your subconscious through the side door and that way when you have your cards in front of you it just makes the whole process a lot easier yeah it, it also teaches you to uh keep your uh um broaden your focus where you're, you're doing a couple things at once. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Is, um, tarot is all about multitasking because you do have to shuffle and talk to your client, but at the same time, focus your energy into the cards. And you got to do all this while somehow remaining. Actually, somehow. It's actually not that hard to do a little bit of practice. But you actually have to kind of, almost like the top of your head is, is just missing. Not in like a, a bad way, but just kind of like opened up like a, Oh, like that thing in, in the movie Alien where the top of the egg opens up. Your, the top of your head just opens up. It's like, okay, I'm listening. I'm I'm drawing in all this energy, even though I'm talking and focusing with Debbie and shuffling the cards. And I'm shuffling all this energy into the cards. It's kind of the, the mental picture we have. And, um, yeah, that's that's what you do as a pro. That's what you do as a, a student. So you might as well start from the beginning doing it and, you know, do it right the first time and just keep just doing it better. So that's the first lesson is um, open mind, open mouth, talking to your clients. Um, I really like making it, or hell, if nothing else, sit down and talk to yourself. But um, I like making it a dialogue. And, but, yeah, when you're... Uh, when you're gardening or working on that new stove that you have, um, a really nice stove, I'm jealous about it. Um, you can uh, you can have some in the background, and uh, everything that you know it just kind of cements and and makes sense. You were mentioning something. Oh, we were talking just a little bit before uh, before we started recording, and you were talking about the book, specifically yes. the second book, and I. Hoping you'd share that or some of that with uh, yeah. everybody out there, podcast land. Well, it's um, you know the I was saying that the first book is the base, you know, to and the second book built 
up from it. It's it's more it's like an upside down pyramid, really. You 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 have this base that you know really grabs you, and then you go into the second one, and the amount of stuff in the second one, which we thankfully got in our classes too, um, it, it's just mind blowing. And the way the games work, um, they've been expanded, and you know some new ones and that. But what they do is they make the whole process it it's easier to retain things when you're having a, a little bit of fun doing things and you're not uh what do you want to call it you're not you're not on the spot where you, you know you're you're not performing so to speak you're you're learning and it's okay to to kind of make mistakes as you're learning and so with the games that's what it helps you do is um, learn stuff and know your cards, see how they speak to you. Um, yeah, remember, um, some of the early students um, felt a lot of pressure when playing the games. You know, we had to um, find ways to make everybody just relax and realize that, you know, it's just, it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to not come up with something, but the whole point of the cards is that they have images and those images hit your eyeballs and, and make your, um, not your intellect, all the intellect is important. Make your intuition go, Oh, Hey, here's an idea. Your intuition yeah. is very similar to your imagination. So if you can practice with your imagination, it kind of muscle memory only, you know, it's brain muscle memory. You really got to work out the brain. Um, they ha- the games help you relax as you learn, and and I, I guess that's um, well relax. You know the the normal tendency to, to get kind of uptight when you're looking at at the cards. And you know from personal experience, um, one of the worst things you can do is tense up and try to force meanings or resort back to keywords and stuff. Because now right. you're not reading you're not reading a situation. You're just being an encyclopedia. Well, this card was invented in this, and it means this. What does that have to do with your client? And you, yeah. you can't really open your intuition. Um, two things you can't do when you're tense. Have an orgasm and uh, open up your intuition. So you know, I'm not saying we should all go out and get drunk, but just breathe in and breathe out, you know, whatever you need to do to just relax and Lower, not lower your expectations, but lower your pressure on yourself and you know, be surprised at how it all works. And, and the whole point, I invented the games and the exercises because I swear I, I, I keep harping on this, but I spent 15 years learning this stuff and it's because I was always tense. And boy, I was a dry spell. I didn't have an orgasm in 15 years. I, I was just tense and and like, learn the tarot, uh, I must, and, and it seemed like, well, everybody else can learn it, and the more I learned it, the more I didn't like the tarot, because it didn't speak to me, and I, you know, I gave the same readings that you'll get anywhere, just like, okay, well, here, this is this, and this is that, and people walked out like, okay, you know, and but I just knew it was wrong, and it, it galled me. And I, it, it didn't all come at once, but um, you know, after about uh, after about fifteen, sixteen years, it just I hit a time where everything started to make a lot of sense. And I think that's where I came up with the uh, the caption tarot cards, like nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety one, ninety two. Um, I remember we were sitting around, and I was like, "Hey, look, doesn't it look like he's saying this?" And then something snapped in my head that said. Hey, it's okay to write on your tarot cards. Not like this keyword is that. I'm so glad that never came to me. I just maybe it's part of being a Sagittarius, but I um, I, I think one of the first tarot uh, captions, and I don't think I'm, I promise you this is not one of the best captions I've ever had. But I was looking at that bastard in the four of cups, and all I could think of was he was like folding his arm, going, "No, I ain't chocolate," and. I, I, I did the little funny voice to my Aries friend, and of course she thought it was funny. Well, of course, if she laughed, now I had to come up with a whole, I have 77 more cards, got to come up with better jokes. Um, but, yeah, and, and, and 
of course, she wasn't always available, so I started writing on the cards. So I was, I'll just write this on. I, I can, you know, I still don't And something snapped in my head that just said, you know, you're too much Capricorn inside you. You're doing things, you know, too rigidly, too, too, too like, oh, this must be practical. Must be, uh, Christ. So I think that's where it really all came about. And I'm hoping, I, you know, I've had a few people. Unfortunately, it's only like, you know, 0.5%. So 0.5% of the people that have talked to me or reviewed have said, as it look, is silly. Okay, you know, if it's a little goofy, a little silly, I understand that. But 99.5%, the other half, seem to get it that the whole idea is to kind of Dr. Seussify it a bit. Just take the pressure off, have some fun. I mean, actually, you know, we're learning. That's all fun. If we're not learning, then, then it's useless. But um, humor is an excellent tool for learning. Um, people tend to relax and mm-hmm. retain more because they're having a bit more fun. I think so, and I think we need more humor in the tarot. Um, hey, let's let's talk about. Um, you wanted to talk about the games and exercises, and I wanted to um, wanted to hear what you had to say, and then uh, I'll throw in my yappy yap. Oh, <laughs> well, I was um, noticing um, while we were watching a, a, a movie the other day how some of the games, um, what were being taught, kind of uh, pop up by watching a movie and, and certain things. Well. Oh, here's all these characters, and a movie's like a tarot spread. Right, because the tarot spread, we talk about storytelling yeah. with the tarot. Yeah. And, you know, because, you know, um, movies have plots, and they go in, you know, they're, they're like a, a, a chart, like you call tarot spreads. And there is a certain line you have to follow on a chart to get from point A to point B, and that's how a movie's laid out. But Hold on one second. So just in case anybody's, you know, brand new stumbled into this, the the good old-fashioned Celtic cross spread, I mean, there's tons and tons of spreads, but this is the one that you will see most often, most people do, or in the movies, and some people swear by it, and some people think it's dumb, but the point is that if I, if I tell you that spread, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, it's got a central core, like a central plot, here's what's happening, and then it tells you, like, the motivations, what somebody wants and what they don't want, and what they don't want. I, I know. I, I, anyway, how other you know other people are meddling and, and how we got here. In other words, the reason why it's so popular is it's a bird's eye view or an overview of the situation with a little bit of linear time worked in. Uh, and that's kind of like some movies. Um, some movies, you know, are very tightly focused, only let you know exactly what's happening right now to the protagonist. The ones... A little bit more, you know, uh, Harry Potter, I, again, uh, just my favorite book to pick on. The books and the movies were more like it's Celtic cross spread. You got a kind of overview of the world, or at least of the magical world. Who's doing this and that and how other people are. So, you know, so-and-so is going this way and so-and-so is going that way. Um, so, yeah, a spread is nothing more than an organizational chart or like... Um, and this is why spreads are so good for writing. You know, to, um, we did a lot of stuff on uh, brainstorming for writers. But anyway, I, I just wanted to bring everybody up to speed who might not understand how a spread is like a movie. But go ahead, Debbie, please. Sorry to interrupt. Well, it was just um, even scenes um, or the characters and that. I mean, you could build a, a favorite movie into the spread you know, lay out all your cards, and there's this movie. You can just see it in the whole spread. Then you can lay more cards over it and kind of change up the story a little bit. You know, yeah. Have with that, or you could do um, the hybrid one where you put just the, the 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 biggest points of the movie, and then um, lay cards. You know, in the positions you leave missing, and kind of rewrite the story. Right, so let me explain to what a hybrid spread is real quick. Um, at the House of White, we teach a couple of different methods, uh, what we call casting a spread. You know, you cast a spread, throw a spread, uh, whatever. 
client walks in as a friend, a relative, somebody who's actually paying you, you're reading for yourself, but somebody walks in, let's say client, um, and they say, is my boyfriend cheating on me? Uh, should I win? Should I play the stock market? Uh, who's going to win the election? You know, you know, they come in with a question. And you go, okay, oh, money, party, hum, nam, yo, hurry, go, blah, 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 um, zim, zim, bang. And you go, impity, boppity, abracadabra, and throw your cards out. Well, what you're doing is you're asking the gods, nature, the divine, your spirit guides, whatever you want to call them. But you're asking the cards, essentially, or the cards are a tool, but you know, you're going, okay, what's going to happen? Well, that's casting a spread. On the other hand, if you are, um, uh, manifesting something, then uh, you 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 get the uh, you get to pick the cards. This is the best part. Turn all your cards upside, you know, right side up, uh, and you go. Mm, I want some of this. I want a candy, and I want a pony, and I want a naked cheerleader because you know the world card or I, whatever you want. You know, um, you get to place cards of your choosing in the spread. Because you're deciding what's going to happen. Well, that's what we call building a spread. Because you're building the spread one at a time. Now, uh, one card at a time. In advanced technique, which we cover, of course, in advanced tarot secrets, it's it's called a hybrid spread. You can just type in on Amazon or Google and you know look and see, read up on it, or I'll just buy a damn book. Uh, it's not even twenty. Yeah, I I made the book twenty two dollars because like, oh look, one dollar per Trump. But that'd be all cool. And Amazon goes fifteen dollars. $17 or $100. I, they discounted it, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't work for Amazon. But um, the point being is that uh, a hybrid spread is uh, covered in advanced store secrets. Debbie walks in and says, uh, how am I possibly going to do this? You know, How am I going to get through the winter with this brand new floor and a stove and not have people come over and how am I going to get through Christmas without having a whole bunch of relatives coming up and stomping all over my new floor and, and uh, you know, tearing apart my brand new antique wonderful stove that I've had custom installed and everything. And so a hybrid spread is where we build part of the spread. You can build one, two, three cards, much like a significator. Uh, you, you can build most of the spread. But you only do, you know, uh, it, it's like art. Art is knowing when to set down the paintbrush or, or the chisel or, or the tarot cards. <laughs> it's not how many brush strokes that you use. It's just not too many. You get to the point and go, ah, that's it. I, I, I'm, I'm going to stop. So with building a spread, a hybrid spread, we'll say, well, here's what we know for a fact. Um, we know that Debbie has done all this work. Okay, flip, 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 flip. Ooh, three of coins. Yeah, she's done a lot of work. And people are like, ooh, we're going to come see it. And we know that these people are on their way. It's like, we're going to Debbie's house. And it's like, Debbie's like, no, the skulls on the, on the cake don't deter people like they're supposed to. They're like, oh, Halloween house. She's like, no, it means go away. Okay, so we place a card saying, here comes the invading army, you know, of relatives and, and, and people plus ones. <laughs> relatives plus one. <laughs> Uh, and then tourist season, of course. So we we just place the cards where we don't have to ask. We know this is going to happen. Now, this gives us an anchor point. I mean, we've still got a whole bunch of cards that are, that are you know, or card positions. That's an empty card spot. We're like, mm, we don't know how this is going to work out, but we know what's going to happen. And if there's attitudes, like we know Debbie's like, well, we placed our card over Debbie's opinion spot. Um, so we may have like three or four or five cards that we have built. And then at that point, it's all set and done. It's, it's laid, cast in stone. At that point, we start shuffling. And we're shuffling and we're looking at what we know. We're going, okay, we're absorbing it. We're talking to ourselves or Debbie and we're saying, okay, now all we're looking for in this particular order, one, two, three, four, five or whatever, we know what order the cards are going to come out. We're kind of making a compact, which is like, like a legal agreement. Uh, between nations, uh, with the gods, we're saying, all right, I, we've done this part. You know, we're we're asking a question and we've laid the foundation, but we need really good cards here. Don't just give us random cards. Give us the exact cards. Give us the easiest cards. Like, oh, I totally get it, and it means this and this and this. 
so we're shuffling, so we're, we're kind of talking to ourselves, talking to Debbie, and we're looking over the spread and we're imagining not how it's going to come out, because we don't know, but uh, we're imagining all the cards coming out just right, and we're saying, okay, and then we get to ding, it says, hey, wait, stop shuffling, and we just go, okay, flip, 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 flip. So in that case, we've actually set down a couple of the cards, one, two, three, five, seven, who knows, on uh, and saying, this is what we know. We have chosen the cards. Now, for the rest of the stuff we don't know, we've shuffled the question into the cards just like normal, and but we we don't deal over the cards we know. We only deal out the cards we don't know. It's like, well, you only dealt out four cards. You built the other six. Well, we only needed to know this much information. But if this much information is, is super, super accurate, and then it all ties in together because we take what we know and we don't know and blend them together, and it's like, oh, wow, it's crazy good. That's a hybrid spread, and they are... Well, crazy good. Debbie, again, sorry to interrupt, but uh, oh, no, it's I, such a complex, you know, thing to explain. Explain. Yeah, but it's real easy to do. Yeah. And that, um, I think the hardest part is picking out the, the right card on, on the things that you know for sure before you uh, cast cards for the rest of it and, and such. But then um, the more you know your cards, and that's from playing the games, I think, well, yeah, it makes it, you know, the games make knowing your cards fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Um, it's the, the one of the things that, uh, reason why this came to mind is we were watching uh, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade a few days ago. Mm -hmm. And um, my condolences. Well, you know, it, it's, I, I, I like movies that, are entertaining, but still, there's one scene though um, where it, when the bad guy and Indy uh, in the scene, it came out where it would be to play out the scene. It, it took the same three cards, but they each kind of came out different. The bad guy had to choose uh, the Holy Grail, right? So that's the lovers. It's a um, it's a kind of an ethical choice you have to make, right? If, if the, you know, if again, if that works for you, yeah. Well, yeah. For me, it yes. came out the love, lovers for the right. other choice, and then it came out a reverse judgment because he made a bad choice, and then it ends up. I I did four swords because he took a permanent nap. <laughs> he's a good dirt nap, yeah. <laughs> so then Indy makes his choice. There's the lovers again. His judgment is right side up, not reversed. Mm -hmm. He made the right choice, and he got a reversed four swords because he took the chalice to his dad, Sean Connery, who you know was magically healed, jumped up, and ready to go. On yeah, the ready list. to go right away. But it was okay. the same three cards for for the uh, same action. Does that make sense? Well, that makes sense. Um... And I just, it just popped up while watching the movie. You know, it was kind of like, oh, this is this, this, and this. And then, you know, Indy takes his turn, and, oh, it's the same three. And it's this, this, and this. And well, it was let, me, let me throw out a side note just for everybody who's, who's getting stuck on card meetings. Could have just as easily taken the Seven of Cups, which is made for it. The guy's looking at all these damn cups. True. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just... <laughs> I'm not telling you you did anything wrong. Oh, I know. I could have taken Indian gone Ace of Cups. <laughs> well, hell, that is the Holy Grail. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, and I definitely like the uh, Four of Swords. But what I like, okay, whether or not we agree on the specific cards is is the beauty and, and the knowledge of the tarot. And, and that's what it comes down to is that at this particular point, while you're watching that movie, uh, and, and who knows, if I was watching that movie at that particular time, I may have chosen your cards instead of the ones that I said. And that's the way it is with uh, with the reading. Um, the cards will stay relatively in, this, in the general meaning, but sometimes they'll go way off the rails, but they'll be just right for that. But, you know, in this one particular instance, this is the card that, that must describe this. And you go, oh, you know, I wasn't in the encyclopedia of the tarot. It's like, well, that's uh, okay, because... You know, the important thing is that uh, rule number one, if what you're doing works, you're right. You know? um, 
So I like the way that you said, though, that you were watching the movie and going, oh, oh, and you were seeing it through the eyes of the tarot. And then when you replayed it and went, well, Indy, at that particular moment in time, it seemed like the same exact choice leading to a different circumstance because of an, inter of an internal uh, motivation. Yeah, because his motivation, Indy's motivation was much different than uh, the, the gentleman's motivation. Yeah, uh, Indy was going on, on his ethics and, and morals. The other guy was, um, he was looking for, he thought it would be the shiniest, prettiest with the most jewels, you know, fancy one. And... Uh, he was he was going on his particular ethics, which were shallow. Right. So, yeah, so um, <laughs> that's why I picked the lovers because I see that one more as a ethical, moral, you know, um, feeling. Well, I understand. That, that's was it, um, I think it was. I thought it was either Atea or um, that other guy um, whose name I can't recall, who switched it over to Gemini. You know, trying to make it a, a pious, the Madonna whore complex. Um, which that that took it from uh, Libra to Gemini, where it made it from um, literally romance and relationship to uh, choice or morality. Um, I mean, it goes back you know hundreds of years, so it is a viable um, you know it's a viable option um, because some some art went went that way. You know, some uh, especially right. I think in France. Um, where were you in 1976, by the way? You know? Yeah, no doubt. I was uh, reading Eden Gray going, oh my God, I, this is going to take me 100 years, but I'm going to master this son of a bitch. Oh, God. Oh, I was, that stupid book. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, when I was given my first deck was for uh, Yule of 1976 from the woman who became my mother-in-law. And I was doing readings without any knowledge, and they were quite good. And then I was given um, Eden Gray's book, and, you know, it's kind of like, no, you have to learn these meanings, and the more oh. I read, yeah. it's <laughs> kind of like, no, you, it's, and it's kind of like, but it doesn't, that, those words don't go with the picture, and just screwed me up for 30, how many years? So, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, that's the worst part, when you yeah. have talent and it gets subverted by um uh knowledge if you if you want to call it that but uh, yeah no i i yeah, that's another thing i like about the games is they really free up my mind and using uh, learning by games is probably one of the most ancient forms of teaching and that i mean um look at golf golf came from uh, the Scots trying to learn to protect themselves fr from the British. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it evolved from that. So they were having fun playing these games while honing a skill. Um, in fact, a, a lot of different uh, games that are still played today, whether they're uh, sports or brain games or whatever, are to develop a skill. And But most of them are enjoyable. Most of them. I, sitting through algebra class, no, that wasn't fun. But you know, <laughs> we need algebra games. We need, you know, we need actual fun games, not just like, well, let's take algebra and make a game out of it. And it's like, no, no, no. We just start from the game and somehow, you know, work algebra in, you know, gently. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the essence of the games is, you know, is of course to try to. to to teach people, but I think what we're talking about with the whole Indiana Jones here is that part of the point of the tarot, uh, one of the most important things is developing the ability to tell stories. It doesn't mean just making up stuff or, or, or lying to people, but um, too many, it's, it's too easy, too many readers, I'm trying to say this two different ways, but it's too easy to... Uh, just go from card to card to card. Does this, you know, this is this is happening to you, and then, and then this is happening to you, and this other thing is happening to you, and it just seems so staccato. Chop, 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 
chop, chop, chop, chop. It doesn't flow. It doesn't breathe. And, and again, we go back to, ah, memorize keywords and meanings. And, and there's got to be a, and people keep looking for a system. There's, there's just some hidden system. And then, and then of course, a lot of people are out there. I uncovered the system. I know the secret language of Solomon. You know, and look, Solomon was cool and everything. But even, I don't like the word system. Even even Bible says Solomon Solomon way off the off the rails. Um, David, you know, saw the thing. Mm, mm, you got to support your son. But no system. Yeah, I mean, it's the system implies math. There is no math in the tarot, uh, as per se. There is lots of math in astrology. There's lots of math in science. But the tarot is literally um, a deck of images uh, which are designed uh, by use now to stimulate your intuitive faculties to pop out an answer that directly relates to the question you ask. So again, if you haven't heard me bitch about this before, the most important thing is the question you ask. And then second to that, of course, and I'll phrase it this way, is question you ask based on secondary the client's situation so it's not where your client walks in and says wah, wah, wah. the cards talk to you so you have to kind of analyze their situation decide what you are going to ask and how you're going to answer it hence the you know the choice of spreads you have all these different spreads you can use i recommend having five to seven spreads you use on a regular basis maybe eight i mean there's no big deal it's, don't don't try to have a book of 150,000 spreads or or 1,000 spreads or 100 spreads or 10,000 spreads. And there's all these books and they got all different types of numbers of spreads. And that's great. Yay. But you're not going to use them all. And if you start doinking around with spreads that you have no idea how they work, it just, okay, this card means this, this card means that. You can't do hidden spreads. You can't do the patterns. You can't finesse the extra information out. It's just like dating. You know, if you're Will Chamberlain, I have dated all these women, 5,000 women or 50,000. Yeah, okay, you know what? What is their name? What are they like? You know, did you satisfy them? I mean, also, of course, you're asking, you know, man, if you satisfy a woman. But comparatively so, if if you have only dated a few people or you've been married to somebody for a long time. The idea is that if you have longevity over a relationship, you get to know what people like. You get to know, you know, who they are. The same thing is with the spread. If you're jumping from spread to spread to spread, you have no idea the intricacies of the spread. But if you have a couple of favorite spreads that you just work with over and over, you can modify your spreads to answer any question you want, however you like, this you know the core strengths and weaknesses of each spread and you really get value out of them and all that matters to us um is that at the end of the reading the, the reader the client or the querent if you want to querent walks out and goes oh my god oh, this is amazing and they have not just facts and figures floating around their head but they've got them you know they've taken notes they've written them down and when somebody says how is it they go blah 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 and and they literally tell them all the good stuff they don't just get overwhelmed they don't go eh, yeah and i i'm telling you the true mark of a of a reader is talk to their clients a week a month six months later say did that reading have any impact did it change your life and you want to give all the information that you can leave nothing on the table um everything goes to your client and you know when they walk out they should be happy and the easiest way to fastest and easiest way to do that is have a few particular spreads that you like very very much and you know, i give you guys a couple of spreads to use in the uh, books uh, there's other books out there uh with lots of spreads all I say about a spread is research the spread you're going to use. Find out where it came from. You know, practice with it. Does it answer your questions and does it answer them thoroughly? If it does, great, good. You know, keep it, take it home, make it a keeper. And put your stamp on it. Uh, what else did you want to cover, uh, Debbie? Um, oh, I was going to say, um, I remember the list, um, Celtic Cross people have to remember readings also have words. 
You know what I mean? It, you know, it, they're not going to come out fluffy bunny. And no, no, tell, tell me because I, I want to hear, you know, from Well, it's, it, it's just, uh, uh, my, my, um, little step granddaughter, I gave her a deck of cards and your first book and that I haven't got her the second one yet. She just turned 18 and she does readings for her friends right now and she doesn't, she's from learning from you and that because I don't live close. Um, she learned that fluffy bunny readings aren't any good and she gives the bare truth. And then, you know, okay, we can, how do we work around this to, to a better outcome with her friends? And they just love having her read, but readings do have warts as I call it, you know? It's, oh no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, a lot of, okay. You know what? I'll just put this right. There are certain people out there that want to believe in rainbows and uniform, unicorns and whatnot in the sense that when they give a reading, they specifically say, don't ever tell your client bad news. You know, Don't tell them ever anything ever is going to happen. Never predict. You know, the tarot cannot possibly predict doom and gloom. And they say that anybody who, who says, well, this isn't going to work out is all of a sudden a doomsayer. I mean, we have a, we have a term for it. Well, I've got a term called fluffy bunny idiots. Um, if you come to me and you're paying me $100 or $200 an hour and I'm giving you everything I got and um, I just decide that I'm going to gloss over anything that looks unpleasant or if, the, if you know, it's like I have a bias against cards. I don't like the judgment card or the tower or the devil. Those are very negative cards. So I'm going to, or death. It means transformation it means you're going to get a new horse it means you will overcome your enemies without them being harmed because it's like the a team you know there's whatever was old enough to watch that tv show thousand bullets every episode flying around nobody ever gets shot because it's a family <laughs> show you know it's okay to shoot just as long as nobody gets hit and then at the end of the end of the day it's always the same bad guy too you know it's like hey didn't i see that guy in another movie yeah he's always the same bad guy um yeah, if if you, as a reader, don't address the real truth, you are lying to your clients and therefore are a scammer and should be thrown in jail for lying and taking people's money by scamming. Um, if you do your best to tell your client what you see, ideally diplomacy helps. You know, if you see something that you would consider unpleasant, well, there's a good chance your client already knows. A lot of times they're coming to you for validation or verification. Or, you know, it's like, okay, I know my grandfather's going to die. When? You know, it's been like eight years now and, and you know, we, we, he's suffering. And I was like, well, that's not exactly uh, what we call a pleasant thing. But if you go, oh, no, he's going to live forever. They're like, oh, God, you know, thanks. You know, it's like we love our grandfather, but, uh, you know, this is like he's in pain every single day. Tell them what you see, find polite, considerate, and comforting ways to say it without having to pad it too much. Um, don't make up your own meanings. You know? uh, you'll be surprised how much more your clients uh, like you. And uh, as I taught Debbie and uh, her granddaughter uh, by proxy, tarot cards are nothing more than road signs. They... We're driving down the road, we see a sign that says single lane ahead or narrow bridge or stoplight coming. We know what's coming. If we don't want to deal with that, we can turn around and, and go or we can take the next exit. You know, we're on the freeway. Las Vegas, 15 minutes. Las Vegas, I don't want to go there. I'm getting off the next exit. You know, stupid Las Vegas. Um, we don't have to keep driving. It's not like we're glued to the road. Oh, no, we're on a roller coaster. We can't possibly jump out we're belted in on the track oh here here comes the loop um yeah it, the tarot isn't a roller coaster ride it's not like oh you know we're on the track tarot is a is a tool of the of the wise you know the smartest people and the richest people in the world use professional astrologers and tarot readers and other diviners professionals by the way not not just somebody off the street um uh, to counsel them on what's coming down the road 
And then they take that information and match it up with factual information, and they use it as a roadmap. And when they see signs that this is coming exactly as it is, or as it has been foretold, they make adjustments. That's right. it. Like going it, down the road. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you a way to to kind of, uh, okay, well, this sucks, so why don't I can go a different way? Well, that's that's the point. Life sucks sometimes. And people don't want to face that. And the thing is that if somebody comes to you and says, I want to know the future, you need to be able to tell them, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen, or at least as best I can. And if you're not ready to hear that, then you should turn around and go now. If you just come to me and said, oh, just tell me good stuff. You can't have light without dark, and you can't have dark without light. It, it's 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 part of nature, and it's something that everybody has to deal with. And It doesn't mean that the future is cast in stone, hence the whole point oh, of road no, you know? Yeah, I don't believe in fate. I, I, I think we have free will, and we have a way to around things if we need to or, or take a different path you know it's a matter of choice um, sometimes you don't have a choice sometimes you have to take the rocky road to get to the better road um, it's not fun but well it's, you know it all depends on do you want what you want and if you don't right. want to go through that you can choose well I didn't want that anyway I'm going to go take the easy way and I may not get everything I want but I at least I won't have to do all that work um, right we are we are slaves to our opinions and our our, our emotions. Um, oh, you know, when we want something, also you know, then that that says we got to go get it. Now that's good for good for motivation. It's good for manifestation if we use it right. I mean, a healthy obsession is a wonderful tool for manifestation. And we'll go into this in Africa's secrets. But um, we we as humans we tend to think that oh, because I want something, I have no choice. I got to go through with this. Um, I just want people to walk away from this episode and understand that the tarot is not that hard. The exercises in the games really help. And the ultimate use of the tarot, at least in divination, is to help you see what's coming and then let you say, I want this, I don't want this, or let me reshape what I want so that I, or, or how I'm going to get there. Now, with manifestation, all bets are off. Now there's a visual tool to help us focus and refine our statement to the gods and say, I want a pony. I want a Ferrari. I want, you know, I want, I want, I want. And it's okay to want, want, want. That's how people get ahead in life. Um, what You don't have to want and by wanting take something from somebody else. You can want something that somebody wants to get rid of. You know, one, one, one man's meat is known as poison or boys' trashes, you know, treasure. And um, and there's more than enough to go around. You can want uh, a cheeseburger. And it's not like by wanting a cheeseburger or taking a cheeseburger out of the mouth of somebody who, you know, oh, where you say, I'm a vegetarian, I want a, I want a cheese nut burger. You know, so we're trapped by our own morals and our own opinions but other than that if we really get a clear view of nature nature wants to help us we need to be very clear on how we state what we want and we have to um, do the PME triangle which we've talked about before and we'll talk about much much more again um, that's all possible with the tarot and manifestation all of this is in advanced tarot secrets if you want to learn it um, but as far as divination Never be afraid to look at the cards and just say, all right, I want to know what's going on. And if I don't like what I see, I can do a couple things. I can tear down the spread and go, I don't believe in that. Or I can look at it and go, hmm, let me verify the spread, because we talked about verifying the spread constantly. Okay, this, 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 and this. Well, if the spread doesn't verify, then it's just random cards. But if the spread does verify and you go, ah, okay, this is what is happening, what has happened, how we got here, this is what's, you know, people, if it, that much works, you're like, wow, okay. And then you can project that the remaining cards along the same lines must be accurate because the first part was so crystal clear. And you're like, well, I still don't like the outcome. Now at least you know. It's like going into a football game, going, wow, we're going to lose by 15 points. Okay. 
that's because they're going to keep catching it. They're going to intercept it. Okay, so we'll, we'll run, le- run less passing plays and more running plays. Or we'll do a whole bunch of fake passes and make them go for the interception. And really, we'll do a lateral or whatever. It, it's it's not like we... It's not like, like we're going into a football game and we go, oh, we can't possibly change our game plan. That would be stupid. Like, no. Life, like sports, is, is all about adaptability. Yeah. So, you yeah, absolutely. You have to adapt and change for the most part, though. It's... So you know, one of our our biggest faults is is adapting and changing. Is it doesn't come easy to most people. Well, especially fixed sign people. I say, Miss Quad Scorpio. Oh yes, I'm I'm extremely opinionated, <laughs> which can be a problem at times. And that's when I have to clear the head and everything else. Or you know, my husband turns on the news, and I'll have to walk out of the room and. <laughs> Self and everything else, because otherwise, you know, there's a little uh, doll with pins in it or something, you know, just... <laughs> oh, certainly. And a little astrology lesson, case. Uh, cardinal people are very decisive, very forthright, very, you know, they will tell you and they will make sure you know. And, and if it takes a fist or a boot, uh, fixed people like Debbie... Um, Good managers, good at just, um, you know, making sure that things stay the way they are. Or once she gets started doing something, she will do it and do it and do it and make sure it's done right. And, um, and then the middle people, the squigglies, um, uh, the squigglies, very adaptable, very, very friendly, very, but also horribly unreliable. Um, and it's not like we just have three different classes of people, but it's just the most basic uh, of uh, quickies, Debbie happens to be ultra ultra uh, fixed, you know. So a lot of what she says is, "This is the way it is. I like it. This is this is what the cards mean. This is the spreads I use. This is the place I live." Nothing wrong with that. We we like tradition. Tradition's a good thing. Um, but when things don't go Debbie's way, it's it's it's, it's very hard for fixed people to to adapt. To go, put on the brakes and, and turn. So we have to play to our strengths, which again, it's wonderful that the tarot is such a an adaptable tool because it has to work for everybody, and we all have different uh, modalities of thoughts. We all have different ways of doing things. Okay, if we haven't bored everybody to death, I'm gonna get out of here. Uh, Debbie, I thank you so much for hanging out. I just wanted to have a conversation sure. with you. Hopefully, you can come back soon. Okay. And let's see everybody else. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do a podcast next week. It's my birthday. Uh, and then we have Christmas. I'll probably do a Christmas podcast, although I don't know what. Uh, and then a New Year's podcast. But uh, So we might have a week off. Debbie, uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, oh, did you have anything else? Let me ask you this, because I like asking this. Let's say somebody came into this podcast, and they're like, uh, but they stayed through it, and like, I don't get it. What would you <laughs> tell people? Um, what would you tell your granddaughter? Um, or uh, or daughter, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention at that point. It, uh, it, she's a granddaughter, but um, it's by my uh, son-in-law's previous relationship so technically step but she's my granddaughter okay so i was gonna say because you're not that old i was like wow uh, it's just like just skip the generations what would you you know what are a couple of things you would just say if you wanted to really help someone break through and and learn the tarot quickly because we need you to teach anyway we've already talked about that ah uh, yeah um i think tarot the in a nutshell. important thing is to learn to relax and really uh I think your your books lay it out very well. Um, they teach you to learn the cards in, in the way that's best for your learning style, and but they teach you how to listen to, to what the card is telling you, and not what some other book or author thinks that the card should tell you, and that. Um, you're, you're learning what the cards are actually saying to you personally, which, and everybody has a different internal language. You know, it, it's, 
I yes. guess and, and that, but it, it's, I, I think playing the games are really important, even though they're fun and they really open your mind and you start really hearing what, what they're saying to you. And, and they don't say the same thing over and over again either. It, it's like having a conversation with a person. You, you don't have the same exact parroted you know, conversation every time you talk to a certain person, you know, it, it would like a recording. Um, they say different things. They just kind of stay in their framework, so to speak. You know, I, I, would you say within the uh, their property boundary lines, you know, the cards? Yeah, or like a goldfish can swim all around the bowl, but it can't jump out of the bowl. Right. But, you know, they... they they might be kind of in that same energy and everything, but then again, the, the message is always different. And the more you play the games, and luckily you can play them by yourself or, or listen to them on the podcast the, or watch them on the videos or read them, but they all um, they all teach you to, to relax and really... Well, you, you learn to multi-focus and get simple and just all sorts of things. I, I'm having trouble speaking English. I'm sorry. No, I'm cool with that. Okay, well, I apparently am. Yeah, it, it, it's just um, I, I, th I think what they do is is they t um, teach you to, to learn to translate what the pictures are telling you. Um, using your own internal language on, on top of it, not someone else's. It no, is, I, 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 I appreciate that. Um, it, it's, I'm trying to find the right words, but I, I think it kind of boils down to that. Um, but it's... Yeah, it's, divination is very highly personal art. Yes, and yes. There are rules, obviously, that's, that's why we have like cards and books on it, but, but, uh, but yeah, what it comes down to is it's got to really come from you organically. Yeah, well, I was going to say, what's the line from the pirate movie? Um, they're not rules, they're more like guidelines. More like guidelines, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, I got, it, I got uh, I'm late for an appointment, and unfortunately somebody's calling. Okay. Debbie, thank you so much. Sure. Anybody, uh, thanks for listening in. Uh, we will talk about more stuff soon. In the meantime, um, we have free videos, and we have tons and tons of free audio lessons. Um, if you can't find anything else, go to easytarolessons.com, sign up for our free newsletter at the top left corner, go to advancedtarosecrets.com, sign up for the newsletter, uh, or, or just get the books. Debbie, uh, talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Sure. Bye. Bye.